0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, the end of the week program that introduces you to new bands, and some of you already know, and gets you ready for the weekend. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host, broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Cyber Station USA Network, and on Stitcher and on our radio affiliates. Well, the founder of the Minneapolis-based activist band, War Poets, is going to be joining us today at 2.05, and he's going to explain their success at slipping political messages into innocuous pop hooks. Very, very talented, these people. And later on in the show, teen phenomenon Lena Fair is going to bring us her ethereal new album, and we see the reason for all the buzz behind this 18-year-old talent. Now, remember, this is your show. The bands are here to talk with you, so you can call us, 347-215-7511, and talk with them. That's 347-215-7511. Or if, you know, you're sitting there at work and you've got your earphones on and you're listening to us instead of watching that um, PowerPoint that you've got on the screen, you can email us. You can email your questions and your comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Or you can log into the chat room. The chat room is open. If you're one of our uh, listeners on Blog Talk Radio, the chat room is open now and we are monitoring it. So you can uh, give us questions and comments there or just, you know, talk among yourselves. We are Music Friday Live on Twitter. That's at Music Friday Live. And uh, don't forget, when you, uh, you tweet, use the hashtag Music Friday. That's Music Friday. So you can also log on to our Facebook page, too. You know, we're, we're just everywhere. You can't get away from us. back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host at Music Friday Live, and of course, uh, check out our website, uh, uh, that's music Friday at Nation Build- actually musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. We've got some new uh, music reviews up. We've uh, reviewed a number of bands, and of course, our reviews are published in a lot of magazines, but if you want to just zero in on them, check out the website. We've also got take a look at my blog uh, today, too. We've got some interesting stuff in there. You know, read the reviews, check out the band bios, and comment on the blog. Well, we got a couple of minutes before our radio stations come in. They're all in a news break, and um, I-, I wanted to, to to diverge a minute from music just to talk about what's going on in Missouri. Um, you know, we don't usually get into politics on on uh, this show. We, I do that in other places, but uh, usually not here. But we are going to talk about politics a little later on with our our next guest. And I thought it was just uh, an interesting commentary this morning that the governor Nixon of Missouri decided to pull the police out of the, the, uh, the town where they're suppressing demonstrations against the shooting of an unarmed teenager, and they're suppressing those demonstrations by uh, using military equipment and also by arresting members of the press or just harassing them, you know, it's what was, was the old saying? Uh, you don't uh, mess with people who buy ink by the barrel. or I, I suppose that also applies to electrons, too. But in this case, it was ink by the barrel because one of the people they harassed was the reporter from the Washington Post. But uh, the, uh, the governor has brought in the, the state troopers. And the person leading the state troopers is not only an African-American, but he actually was born and raised in the community where he's been assigned. And immediately, everything changed. Uh, gone was the military equipment. Gone was the, uh, the animosity towards the police. He was there hugging people and apologizing. And uh, the whole attitude just changed. And I think, you know, that's the way you do it. If you're part of the community, and this is not just for law enforcement, this is for everyone. If you're part of the community, you understand them. You talk with them, you build relationships, and you build trust. And apparently, in the, the community in um, uh, Missouri where all this went down, there were no relationships, there were no trust. And along those lines, you know, a good way to do that is with music. Music builds trust. And uh, for a little later on, um, I'm going to be talking with everyone—not uh, not today, but uh, uh, at a uh, on a later show about a uh, uh, a concert that. M- Music Friday has a hand in, which is uh, being designed to build some trust, and we'll talk about that later. But right now we're going to take a quick break because we've got a commercial coming up. And when we come back, when we come back, we have a special guest for you from War Poets. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. And we're back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan back here. I'm your host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our radio listeners in, especially our radio listeners up there in Ashland, Oregon. They're on KSKQ-FM in Ashland, Oregon. I know a lot of people in Ashland and also in our Tampa Bay station listen to us as podcasts or listen to us on what's the overnight. That is, we are replayed overnight, which means you can't call in live but if you want to you can send us an email with questions and uh, our comments we will forward it on to uh, the the bands that uh, you want to communicate with we'll take your email address off so you don't find yourself on an email list you didn't sign up for, and then they can get back to us, and we can go that way. But I want to welcome everybody from uh, KSKQFM in Ashland, Oregon. And if you haven't gone back to school, and you still have a few weekends left in your summer vacation, and you're on the western half of the country, the Ashland, Oregon Shakespeare Festival is one of the best in the country. I fact, like to think it is the best in the country. Okay, remember now you can join us by email at musicfridaylive at gmail.com, or you can call us at 424-675-6806, or better yet, today, call us 347 347- Two one five seventy five eleven. That's three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. That's directly into our our uh, switchboard here. The other will, will take you to a producer who will have to put you on hold. But this way, call in three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. Well, in my opinion, it's been too long that music has been absent from so from the social change energy on a national level. You know, the way it was during the anti-war and the civil rights movements in the 60s and the 70s. Protest music hasn't disappeared, and some of the artists of that era are still recording and touring. I know Joan Baez is, is out on tour now in Europe. But outside of a small handful of bands like Joan and Bruce Springsteen or Pink, Social change themes in modern pop and rock are rare, and they're also usually found in local indie bands. Well, War Poets is an exception to that. The founder, Rex Haverman and his contributing songwriter and musical partner, Jenny Case, have built an impressive national presence for songs that tell stories to make change. The video for the band's lead-off single from their debut album, Dulce et Decorum Est, and the name of the song and the video is Close Enough, has had over 250,000 YouTube views. Their follow-up video for their single, Will You Be There?, saw over 45,000 views and rising. They've been spun by radio stations across the country in both AA and College Radio. They have played at South by Southwest, among many other festivals, and they've attracted the attention and the talent of iconic producers like Grammy winners Kevin Bowe and Joe Baldridge. But most important, they have stuck to their principles, giving voice to the voiceless, lighting up the dark corners, and moving audiences and agendas by singing lyrics to power. Their songs sometimes loudly rally, and sometimes they quietly teach, but always they make you think while you tap your foot and bob your head. And regardless of your political persuasion, you will love how they play, and you will listen carefully to what they say. War Poets founder Rex Haverman is with us today. Rex, welcome to Music Friday Live.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having me on.
1: Uh, Rex, um, I understand that you uh, produced your first song when you were 16. Was that a protest song?
2: Wow, that's a good question. Um, It was, in a way, um, a protest song, but uh, times have changed. The producers are a little more expensive these days than those days. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always had that sort of a a feeling that I needed to say something with our lyrics.
1: Well, you you said that when you played that song for your adult daughter, she cried. Now, my adult Mm -hmm. daughter only cries when I sing because I'm so bad at it. Why did your adult daughter cry?
2: Well, she's, she's a very talented musician herself and a very talented songwriter, writer. and uh, we were playing music one day, and I just said, hey, do you want to listen to the first song I ever wrote? And so I started to play it for her, and the, the simplicity of the song with the lyrics uh, really caught her. And the message was one of serenity and solitude, but one of also of reflection and meditation. And that sort of caught her a little bit off guard, and yeah, it brought her to tears. It was a, a touching uh, father-daughter moment, that's for sure.
1: Well, we both have uh, daughters that are about the same age, and and I often think of the world that my daughter is going to grow up, grow into after I'm gone, mm-hmm. global warming and rising seas and a billion more people and Crashing fish right. stocks and fracking and all that stuff. Do those things go through your head sometimes when you write?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have four children actually, and uh, they range in uh, ages from twenty-six to four. So I um, I think about this a lot in terms of the world that they're they're going to be uh, moving into. Uh, so yes, I mean it, it concerns me and uh, these. Part of the reason that I like to uh, write music about uh, social issues and things that we can do to make changes.
1: Well, I want to ask you about the title. Speaking of making changes, uh, let me ask you about the title of of, of the album. Uh, it's from a Wilfred Owen World War One poem, and he took it from a line mm-hmm. in a from Horace's Odes, which roughly translates uh, as "It's sweet and fitting to die for your country," but. Right. Mm-hmm. he and you have left off the die for your country part is mm-hmm. are you saying something by doing that
2: uh, well, we, when we decided to title the album, uh, after his poem, after Wilfred Owens' poem, uh, we decided that we needed to at least put it into where it could fit into the, you know, into a reasonable space in terms of, uh, trans- or, uh, communicating it. But yeah, you're correct is how sweet and fitting it is. Um, but then it's to die for your country, which what he was, uh, writing about in his war poetry. And so we felt, um, that how sweet and fitting it is pretty much sums it up. You know, it's a little bit sarcastic in a way, uh, and we felt that we didn't have to go further than that. But we, if people know and they understand what the poem is about, they'll get the meaning.
1: Well, of course, all our listeners now understand and uh, know what the poet's about. We're actually getting some emails in a, on that, which I'll get to in a, in a minute or two. Uh, now, mm-hmm. one of the issues... One of your issues is income inequality, which seems to be a topic of personal interest to many in the music world, but you take it um, kind of wider. uh, You take a more societal um, view on it. What brought that issue to you?
2: Well, I think I think the thing we wrote the song "Better Place" and uh, we wanted to make it about a story about this particular person who struggles. He was struggling to hold a job. He had responsibilities. He had to pay child support. You know, things like this that many, many Americans and people well worldwide face. But the thing that struck me the most was that this, this huge gap between American productivity and American income, where you have this one particular area or the upper tiers of income uh, that seem to be getting larger and larger and larger, while the American worker just stays flat over decade after decade after decade. Uh, we can't even keep pace with inflation. So this gap is getting wider and wider. So we wanted to sort of focus on that topic and put it in terms of how this individual was looking at it. Like why can't I what makes your time worth more than my time? I mean, why is that? Why do why do Americans feel that way?
1: Well I love the way you approach it and, and this is the song that you approach it in, uh, this, through the eyes of an old man sitting on the curb. Let's listen for a minute here. Goes
2: down, another day, nothing to do. Don't have a job. I don't have no money, no delicacy to you do
0: It's hard lately, I've been turned on the poor
2: For kids, dying, to be. I'm getting tougher All the time, it's just a shame
1: It's a better place. And that's uh, that's getting radio spins around the country now, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're, we're getting played uh, coast to coast.
1: Uh, well, that song kind of reminds me of uh, Gina Chavez's song, Like an Animal, same topic but different take, because yours is really personal. It's like being inside your head. Now, how did that mm-hmm. song get there, inside your head, so that it sounds like it's you sitting on the curb? <sighs> Right.
2: Well, you know, the way I write music is uh, usually the uh, I write the, the, the melody or the music first, and then I try to envision what is this communicating to me. And the more I played this particular song, uh, the music of it, it was communicating this message of this individual who struggled. And so... It translated then from that to uh, the words itself, the lyrics themselves, and then the story just sort of unfolded. Uh, but I wanted to make, you know, more of a statement than just a story, and then the statements in the chorus part.
1: Yeah, and it, it's quite a statement. Uh, we're talking with uh, Rex Haberman of the band War Poets. You can talk with him at 347-215-7511, or you can email us at musicfridaylive at com. and we have some emails here. Hardesty in Minneapolis says, We love you. You represent. Keep up the great work. So, Thank you. <laughs> it, it, we love it, Minneapolis. Hardesty, yeah. Is <laughs> Hardesty going to have an opportunity to see you live in Minneapolis uh, anytime soon?
2: Tomorrow night, actually, uh, we just got added onto a show at, uh, there's a part, there's a uh, called Northeast Minneapolis, there's a venue called Mazelax that we're playing at at 930 tomorrow night, and uh, it's a great, great location, so yeah, come on out.
1: Okay, Hardesty, so you can see him live, cold water in L.A. has written, uh, he wants to know, have you been involved in Minnesota politics, the, the fight uh, to keep the governor from busting unions and things like that?
2: Uh, you know, I, I'm not a politician. Um, actually, my father was, and uh, so, but I'm not an active politician. Um, so I can't say that I've had uh, a direct sort of input in these kind of things. I've been asked, uh, actually, many times to become more involved. Um, it looks as if, as this next election cycle comes around, that I'm, that our band and myself will get more involved with issues like that.
1: Okay well speaking of issues uh, like that I want to play an, another song this is a really powerful song uh, this is closing in
0: okay As the
2: night gets darker, the walls are talking to me the men disappear but he's there
1: <laughs> if, if I didn't know that you do social commentary, I would worry a little bit about you with the words <laughs> <of> that that's <song. laughs> are. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is, is, well, is that song about
1: um, anyone, or or is it about everyone in our society? And is also is it about some of the reasons for gun violence in our society?
2: Well, this song is a first of a trilogy, a, a medley on the EP that we just released called "American Police State," which doesn't have to do with police, by the way. It has to do with the guns in our country. But it's the first of three songs, and it's a. Uh, this is a story of a perpetrator who is about to uh, do a uh, an atrocity or commit an atrocity, and it's his mental state of mind. So you know, I'm singing in first person, but it's as if coming from him. He sort of sort of telling the story of what's going on in his mind. Hello. Uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. Hello. Are you still there?
2: I'm here. I'm here.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, we missed you. You were about to say that he's sort of a.
2: Well, the the character is the one who's going to carry out the atrocity, and that's the first of the of the medley of of the song called American Police State, and this part is called Closing In.
1: Okay. Now, uh, you've said that you research your songs. Now, how, how do you do that? What kind of research do you do? Do, do you, you write the music first and then the lyrics? or And how does that work with the research?
2: Well, that's true. I do. I write the music first and then I write the lyrics. And then in terms of research, I just want to make sure that If I'm talking about a particular subject or a topic, uh, that it's, you know, correct, that I'm not just coming uh, from a – I mean, I want want to be artistic, but I also want to be correct. So just like uh, most of us, we use all sorts of Internet sort of sources, uh, um, whatever we can get in terms of information to make sure that uh, some of the information is correct. But in uh, closing in, we were talking about the – uh, with this particular song, what we wanted, to, what I wanted to do there, is to sort of portray this guy as he's looking towards um, his commitment of this atrocity. And the last verse is where the gun violence starts to come in.
1: We've got some more emails here from for you Uh, a lot of people as a matter of fact rachel in new york city wants to know how do you classify yourself i've heard two songs one seems like a pop song and the other seems like a a hard rock song Uh, which are you um i'm
2: a pop rock artist so you know we're 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 one of those bands who have uh, a lot of sort of dimension i mean we can play anything from country to pop to rock to ballads to folk um what we try to match up Our message with the music so in in for example closing in that you just played we wanted that message to be a rock message like a sort of a more of a hard rock message whereas Better Place has a little more of a dire straight sound Uh, we wanted it to be more flowing so um, I first and foremost would consider myself uh, a musician uh, more rock oriented but then we use other uh, genres as we see fit
1: well, the American Police State uh, album has has a lot of different kinds of songs uh, on it, and all the songs we're playing except for the last one we'll play is, is from that. And, and one that I think is is, is um, very fitting is this one because it actually speaks to things that are going on right now. Let's, let's, let's talk a little. bit. Listen to this one.
2: I'm trying to cry as bands flow and end Any promises I'm you down in just all
3: the
1: There's some lyrics in there. I'll just read them. Where is love lost in this land, torn by hatred? Why does my neighbor need a gun to be safe? If I came to him for help, would he shoot me? Guess it really doesn't matter. It's too late. Well, I think we know the answer to that question now that the killing of Renisha McBride on the front porch of a man that she was asking for help. Um, And I know you wrote that before before (coughs) that particular incident uh is the current unrest um, uh reaction against the killing of a of an unarmed uh, young african american boy in Minas- in um, um missouri yeah missouri that's right uh it, does that this sort of presage that?
2: Well, the, the, this song is, um, you know, is, hits right at the point of the American gun violence epidemic. I mean, you have not only you know police killing people, you have people killing people, you have uh, automatic weapons, you have handguns. I mean, you have like 300 million guns in the United States. Uh, 33,000 people die. Hundreds of thousands of people are injured. I mean, we're we are unique in the world. In that we allow this epidemic to continue. So this song, you know, sort of addresses, in a broader sense, um, uh, the various kinds of deaths that occur as as a result of gun violence.
1: How do you think that a song like that, or 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 any song, really uh, fits into social change? What can songs do to change situations like this?
2: Well, I think that what music can do is it can have, people can start thinking about the message. I mean, they may not agree or they may agree, but at least um, a dialogue can start. I mean, so much of the stuff going on in our country we sort of sweep under the rug, and we don't want to really address it or talk about it, you know. Just look at uh, Congress right now in terms of gun violence. I mean, even after Newtown, I mean, nothing really has changed. So what music can do is just uh, bring awareness to people, have people start thinking about it, talking about it. And then as generations change, as as the younger generation comes into more power, uh, you know, they can start to make the changes themselves. I mean, it may be that uh, it's too late now for people that are in middle age or whatever. But, you know, the youth in the United States, the youth in our country has this rare sort of opportunity to make significant changes for the better. And when I wrote this song, one of the things I was thinking is, come on, everybody, open your eyes and take a look around. Is this what we want?
1: Well of course on the uh the the gun safety legislation that has not made it through Congress, uh, actually in the seventy percent uh range poll show of even gun owners uh agree with many of the, the laws that were uh that did not make it through Congress. And of course the reason there is is essentially that uh the uh, various gun organizations and gun manufacturers simply buy the votes they need. Uh and, <coughs> That's and so right. we can we, until we can get the money out of politics, that's probably not going to change no matter what young people or even gun owners think. That, uh, our, uh, there was a Princeton study that came out uh, about a month ago that essentially said the United States is no longer a democracy. It's an, au- it's an auction. And unfortunately, right. that's true. Um,
2: well, let me ask you this question, Patrick. Yeah. Think of this. Do you, did you remember a day when you would have said there was no chance in hell – that you would not be able to smoke in a bar.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, that, that's true. and now the think, now think what's happened
2: with tobacco legislation. You yeah. know, we're sort of, it's, it's, you could analogize it here. You could say, okay, we're at this point now where people can't imagine making significant changes. But we can make significant changes. It takes time and it takes effort. But to make our country safer and make people more aware, you know, I feel as if we can do our little tiny part, then we're going to do it.
1: And, and, and music isn't such a little tiny part. Uh, we're almost out of time, uh, but I do have one last question for you. Uh, as I said in my intro, the golden age of progressive protest music seems to have passed. But on the right, the conservative side, there seems to be plenty of national uh, political music. Um, artists like Ted Nugent and other patriotic country singers make a good living at it, including singing songs that insult the president. And then there's Christian music, which sometimes slips into politics on issues like marriage equality and the right to choose. Why the music strength on the right and not on the left? Do you have any insight on that?
2: You know, it, it seems as if um, some of these right-wing issues, um, they've, they've been able to orchestrate like a movement, you know, and say, okay, here's our principle. Here's what we want to stand for. Um, we have this group of people that believe similarly. So can we send a message out. Um, so I think they've done a very good job in terms of communicating what their message is, uh, as much as I disagree with it. I mean, from our perspective, it seems like what we need to do is really coalesce our ideas and say, what's like, what do we need to do? What is important to us? And then do the same thing, I mean, or do a similar sort of uh, movement where the, the masses of people become uh, behind the movement. So, I mean, you have to tip your hat to what they've been able to do, even as much as I can't agree with basically anything, what they say.
1: Well, I I tip my hat to you for for what you're doing, and that's about all I'm going to be able to do right now because we're out of time. But uh, I I want to thank you so much for being with us today, Rex, and also tell people where they can get your songs. Uh, well
2: you can go to iTunes you can go to our website which is warpoets.net and then there's a link to the the iTunes or CD Baby where you can uh, download Um, you can go to Amazon you can go to the usual sort of places our Facebook page is facebook.com slash warpoets Uh, there's lots of information there as well so um, we we are in the usual places where uh, people get their music these days
1: Okay, and of course you've got tour uh, tour dates, including uh, the tour date coming uh, right up in uh, Minneapolis. So I want to urge everybody, if you're in the upper Midwest, go to the warpoets.net website, check out the tour dates and get to see these people live because they are so much fun and they're doing something that uh, I think the the country needs to to see done. We're going to take a uh, quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Lena and... You're going to really enjoy this. You're listening to Music Friday Live. We'll be right back. That's uh, The Perfect One, which is a pop song by uh, war poets, and it has no political overtones at all. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan We're back at uh, Music Friday Live, and I uh, want to make sure that you know that you can call in our on the show, 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now a uh, important word from our wonderful sponsor Solar City. Solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. With Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront cost on approved credit. That's right, Solar City will come out, they'll install a solar system on your home for free you pay only for the power you use just like you do from the utility company but of course you use a lot less of it because the sun's making it so your monthly cost is lower as much as half in some cases solar city pays for the system it insures the system it maintains the system all you have to do is enjoy the savings so if you've been ready for solar but solar has not been ready for you it is now at solar city america's number 1 clean energy provider how do you find out about Solar City and what it can do for your home or your business? You call, here's a number, I'm going to give you a number, so have a pen and pencil ready. 909-618-6937. I'll repeat that. That's 909-618-6937. And when you call, that number will bring you to my representative there. Her name is Tina. And tell Tina that you heard it about Solar City from me, Patrick, on Music Friday, and she will give you a discount on your order. That's 909-618-6937. Well, I have seen our next guest live twice. Both times at a venue crowded with fans, and both times she gave a stunning performance. But the performances were striking not so much because of her musical prowess, which is there in spades but because of her ability to be sensual and intimate while remaining aloof and separate. Her voice and her body undulate and sway like a cobra being enticed from a basket with a flute, but she's the flute as well as the cobra. The music is ghostly, ethereal, and, and yet very, very sensual. She can be down and dirty. She can be rock. She can create a new music form right in front of your eyes, and it's one that's almost there, but if we look too close kind of we see through it, sort of like the fog that comes out of the machines at her feet. At one point, I went behind the stage to watch her shadow dancing on the projection screens behind her, and it seemed like almost as real as what she was doing on the other side. The remarkable thing is that she does this magic with a confidence and the maturity of an experienced old hand, although she just turned 18. How and why? Well, we get to ask her. She's here. Lena Fair, welcome to Music Friday Live.
4: Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, Lena, I, I've listened to your new album. Is it OKO or OKO? Which do you, which do you prefer? OKO. OKO. I've listened to your new album, OKO, several times this week, and, and actually since you released it last week in Hollywood. And each time there's something new to hear, some detail I miss, some, some accent you sort of slipped in. Now, I know you, you've worked with great producers, but I've also seen you do this magic live do you kind of evolve your songs or do you have them fully formed in your mind when you start to play or to record?
4: It's kind of, it depends on the studio space, I guess. But the live performance, our goal was to have it be as true and close to the album as possible. So I have a a bandmate, Adam Smith, and he's a multi-instrumentalist. And together we kind of created this representation of the album that isn't always exact but it's as close to the real thing as we could make it.
1: Well, you create a, a kind of an eerie world, but it's not spooky and not, not haunted like, say, uh, an FKA Twig song. Your staging is minimal. You were wearing something close to a brown bag at the release party. So the focus <laughs> is all on your singing. Uh, is this a thought-through strategy to keep us focused on the lyrics in your voice?
4: Yeah, it is. It's all, you know, a... Uh, uh, formed aesthetic i guess i have um visuals and and props on stage that i think are indicative of my sound you know the sound is the music is stripped back it's about the voice and that's what my live performance is about too and it's about communicating my energy and my songs but it's really about the voice at the end of the day so that's what the live performance is all about it's about trying to to just connect with the audience in my own way which isn't i guess the the conventional way that performers connect with the audience members, but it's all about the music it's all about the voice
1: well let let's let's hear some of some of that music. Here is the tiger's bride <laughs> Now that's, that's what I've been uh, let's say you've been talking about, and, and what's really struck me is the precise vocal control combined with a very subtle, sophisticated orchestration and pointed lyrics. Uh, it's quite quite a song. Um, the line in there, "Blind me to your colors, but I'm not scared. Lick the skin off me. I don't mind. That, that's a pretty strong image, all right? <laughs> who, who is the tiger's bride?
4: Well, that song is about a story by a writer named Angela Carter And it's kind of a a postmodern interpretation of the the classic fairy tale The Beauty and the Beast And it's something that I studied really closely during my time in school And I was very moved by it I spent like a whole year doing a really intense study of the Beauty and the Beast Among other fairy tales And this song is literally just me telling a beauty story from that perspective in Angela Carter's uh, book. So I, it's just a story that I felt very connected to and I wanted to share with people.
1: Well, you, you certainly did a marvelous job. Uh, we, have, uh, we have some callers on the line here for you, so uh, let's get to them. Hello, is this Janice?
4: Yeah, this is Janice.
1: And what city are you in?
4: I'm in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, do you have a question for our guest?
4: Yeah, I do. So I, I saw that she had some interviews um, on Arena and Ben's Magazine, and she talks about this kind of like Generation X and being part of this millennial movement, and I just wanted to hear some thoughts from her about that. Uh, so what I was talking about in those interviews is kind of my music being – At least this album, Oko, the songs on the album are very diverse. There's not really one genre that I kind of fit into. And I think that is representative of of my aesthetic, the music that I like to listen to. But it's also a part of of kind of a movement that I feel like is happening right now. All these youths are, you know, creating and, and taking in so many different forms of music that it's not really bound by anything. It's kind of just, you know, expelling whatever we can you know getting out whatever we can in a creative form and i don't really think there's a name for this kind of genre or sound that's happening right now but there's a lot of artists that are like me that or i'd like to think are like me or i'm like them that are creating this kind of music that's just it's just instinctive it's whatever we want to create
1: thank you janice that was an excellent question and it also brings up something um all of your songs have very strong images. They're, they're a com- combination, if you'll, at least to me, of pain and physicality. In this album, you sing about hanging from ropes, uh, open fists, open doors, feeling unclean, stone lips, speaking only silence. You kind of talk. You sing about an alien world with your music, but it seems like it's it's not a happy one. It, it, am I misinterpreting this, or is that something that's going on in the millennial generation?
4: Well, I think there's something to be said for finding beauty in the grotesque, you know, viewing, viewing sadness and darkness as a beautiful thing in and of itself. And that's something that I really appreciate and that I like to communicate in my music is that, you know, I'm not shying away from, from the darkness of humanity, so to speak. I mean, if I could be so profound. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's really beautiful and I like to speak in, in images and in, in pictures
1: well you, you could be profound that's what that's what musicians do right uh, <laughs> I want to play another one of your songs says, I am not a man That song is is more down-to-earth in its orchestration, but the topic and the writing really demand our attention, Um, and I love some of the lines, uh, particularly the lines I hear what you say, but not what you're saying, and I know it's a game, but what are we playing? It seems like a metaphor for a lot of life. Uh, Did that come from your own experience?
4: Yeah, you know, I think everybody's been there, being unsure of what's going to unfold in a relationship, and it doesn't have to be romantic. You know, it can be a manipulative friendship or, you know, having trouble in a family. You know, it's just about that. It's about being unclear, you know, the lack of communication in a relationship. And that's something that I've definitely experienced in multiple ways. And this song was very much just me kind of getting that out.
1: Well, I'm I'm sure you're tired of answering the question, what are you going to do when you grow up? So I won't ask it. But um, <laughs> I, And I think a more interesting question, however, is, any emerging artist, particularly a young emerging artist, is surrounded by by people who have a vision for him or her. Parents, producers, people in the band, friends, other musicians. Do, do you detect that the people you work with and who are around you are trying to move you in a certain musical direction?
4: Absolutely not. It's I really kind of control everything and that's the part of me being an independent artist I really do have all creative control and the people who I surround myself with musically and in in terms of management and things like that are all people who who really get what I'm going for and they understand that you know I I'm very autonomous when it comes to my music and that I want to surround myself with people like-minded people and work with the people i want to work with but um no one really pushes me to do any one thing which is really nice i'm very fortunate as an artist to have that that freedom
1: which tells me that uh the music you're creating probably would not um be popular in a major label world i guess not (laughs) (laughs) much to their loss uh we've got some emails here for you um Ojo in Austin says, you should showcase here a South by Southwest. You really do speak for me and my friends. You planning on going to South by Southwest?
4: I would really like to. I don't have any official plans yet, but uh, you never know.
1: And we have uh, an email here from um, Remake in Tampa. And Remake wants, wants to know, How big is your band? Is it all electronic, or do you actually have bandmates? And do you do different things in the studio than you do on stage? And then a third question is, what kind of equipment do you use?
4: Okay. Uh, Right now, my band consists of myself. Uh, I sing through vocal effect pedals and I have a synth a little micro corg and then I have a bandmate who plays guitar synth and a drum pad and uh, a lot of it is organically made we try our hardest to make everything right there on stage but we do have you know some pads and fillers uh, coming out of the drum pad that my uh, my bandmate triggers um, what was the next part of the question?
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, she's she's gone there so i think you answered uh pretty much all of it um uh you, you worked with a drummer at one point didn't you
4: i did yeah last year i had a percussionist and he did some cajon at one point and there's a i'm thinking about doing a little bit of a, a larger band fleshing it out having a live drummer um so we'll see where that goes in the coming months but for now we're good with the duo
1: okay well i've got a, an, another song up here and i know this has been a, a, a quite a popular song and but one with an interesting title to it every man is a warrior and i want to play a little bit of that here we go
3: never yeah.
1: is um, hip- hypnotic uh, and the poetry and, and the lyrics for that song not to mention the, the quiet chatter at the end of the, the recorded song are just fascinating but it's the orchestration and the voice modulation that really intrigues me it's, it's like you're telling the real story with the sound and the changes in your voice's tempo rather than in the lyrics Now, how did you conceive of doing that?
4: that song was pretty organically made. I mean, it was just, you know, in the studio taking turns, rolling out melody lines. I don't really know what possessed me to sing in this kind of, it's like it's very weird contrast in that song. You know, it's very deep and dark in the verses and then it's kind of light and, and very strange in the choruses. I don't know. I think it all has to do with what that song represents to me, but it's, um definitely a weird one and very weird live also
1: (laughs) (laughs) what does that song represent to you
4: it's you know this is an interesting song to me because it's a song that i kind of wrote not understanding what it was about it was kind of just here's all this uh kind of weird imagery that i really like and all these words and concepts and you know every man is a warrior i didn't know what that meant but kind of looking back in retrospect i realized that this song is kind of about you know, metaphorically it's about putting on a brave face, you know. In his mind he's a warrior, his hands soft so I never know. It's about people, including myself, not necessarily about men in general, but about humans kind of covering themselves up and pretending to be these warrior creatures. You know, everyone's like that. Everyone tries so hard nowadays, it's it's, you know, you forget that they're just real people underneath that, or at least I do. And the song is just about Uncovering that and realizing that, you know, not everybody can be that way.
1: Interesting. Uh, you're, you're growing up in a period in, our, in, in history in which it's not just men who are warriors, but women who are warriors, too. And uh, not only on the battlefield, but also in the job market. Uh, over half of uh, all women or close to half to all women work now uh does does that enter into your mind at all as as you move on into this world
4: Absolutely I mean my schooling growing up was was very feminist influenced I've always had that that part of me and it's something that definitely influences influences me now I mean I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I if I weren't kind of conditioned in this feminist approach and uh it's something that I'm very conscious of you know when I meet and work with female musicians, it's, it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's very special to me. And I feel really fortunate to be able to, to be, be making music right now as, you know, a young female. It's really quite an honor. And I, I hope to continue doing that and working with more and more people, you know, more idols of mine.
1: I noticed, uh, and because I've been doing this for a while, I've noticed that we're seeing a movement of women into Musical positions that you didn't see maybe fifteen years ago or ten years ago, and that's the bass guitar and the drums, uh, and and I'm not, and they're really good, you know. There's there, and I think I think, and, and since you're in the business, maybe you can tell me that younger musicians like yourself, millennials, Gen X's, etc., they listen for the sound and the quality and the look at the talent rather than at the gender, much more so than uh, than my generation of musicians, which was much more of a boys' club? Is mm-hmm. that what you find?
4: I think so. I mean, I think my generation at least, you know, my friends and I, we don't care about those kinds of things. It's not something that we think about anymore, and I don't know what that's a result of, you know, just this, purge of media, you know, it's, it's normalizing things that didn't used to be normal. And gender is not something I see, you know, it's not a point of disconnection. Gender is just what it is. And I think in the music world, we're growing more and more into being a normal thing. And I think right now, maybe, you know, you see bands like Warpaint, you see Grimes, who is, you know, a self-producer, that adds an aspect of cool. So, you know, the female presence in the music world is beginning to be normalized but right now it's in that kind of special zone i think of where it's still cool you know female drummers are really cool and that's something that i think with time will become more normal and just part of it you know like it is with men
1: that's interesting i hadn't i hadn't thought that that there's a a cool factor uh uh, to that Uh, but uh i i guess i guess you're right uh we've got some um uh emails here for you and uh one of them is a a question i knew we were going to get and that and uh, so i'll read it because we have several of them this is from best girl in st louis and best girl wants to know what advice would you give to young women musicians in high school today
4: wow well i don't know if i could tell them anything you know i just got out of high school myself but if i would say something if there's anything i've learned it's just that you really have to follow your own instincts and you can't let other people persuade you, you know, and, and being true to yourself. I know that's dumb and people have said that, but it really is the only important thing is being genuine and doing things because you want to do them. And of course, surrounding yourself with the right people, but you know, do it for the right reasons, do it because you're having fun, because it's your passion, not because not for anything else.
1: I've noticed that you've used that term surrounding yourself uh, with with the right people a number of times, which tells me that that uh, as an artist today, you're not only an artist, but you're also a manager. Is that really mm-hmm.
4: true? Yeah, I mean, you you have a responsibility, and right now it's so you know the music world's so saturated, especially where I'm from, Los Angeles, that you have to be more than that, you know. And I'm not saying that I am at all times, but you definitely take on more than just the music role, and I'm—I have a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I—the people I do have around me are are very, 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 you know, encouraging and very supportive of me. So, okay. I, don't know, I guess that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> All
1: right, um, Major Minor in San Francisco um, writes in: uh, How did she? Learn to use all that technology? Were there classes in high school or did you just sort of stay up late after she got home and did her homework?
4: (laughs) Well, music was always on the forefront of my mind, even in school. I really liked school, but music was, you know, what I was always focused on. So just about splitting your time and really dedicating yourself. And I chose to do that. And I I don't think I slept for like three years, but you know, (laughs) it all worked (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well it it certainly did and and one of the pieces of evidence that it worked out is this next song which I think is fascinating this is Intimacy Is Me That's a very complex piece of music. Did that just flow out organically, or did you have to sort of sit and sketch that one out?
4: Lyrically, that was very organically. That was me and another artist, New Depth, a.k.a. Dylan Molshine. We were just sitting on a hammock and just recording ourselves on an iPhone, speaking all the lyrics, and then he's a master of Ableton, so he did all the production stuff, and it just that song is really special to me. <laughs> it's very weird, oh. but I love it.
1: Uh, I I can see why. I love it, too. Well, we we are out of time, unfortunately. Um, So you've got a show coming up uh, next week. You want to tell us about it for our Southern California listeners?
4: Yep. I'm playing at the Echoplex on Monday. I'm closing out for a band called Smoke Season, and I'm really excited. Anybody in L.A. should come out. Say hi.
1: Okay, that's the Echo Plex in the Echo Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. And if you are in Southern California, and particularly the LA area, you really need to be there. Uh, Lena is stunning on stage. Now, where can people get your music?
4: They can go to iTunes, It's probably the best place. But I'm also on Spotify and Amazon, and you can visit my website, lanafair.com, And the best way to keep up with me would be uh, follow me on Instagram at Music.
1: Okay, you've got all the information you need to to follow this woman as she moves through what I know is going to be a spectacular career, and I want to thank you very much for being with us today, Lena. This has been a pleasure.
4: Thank you so much. I can say the same.
1: Well, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA and the Blog Talk Radio Networks and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and get real-time updates on our guest. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. Download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com. Be here next Friday. We've got some special guests coming up next Friday. Follow our Twitter feed, and we'll tell you all about them. Good night, everybody, and have a great musical weekend. Tiger's pride by you.